Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without, no, sit down, sit down, sit down. We will travel together, my Bible and I. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. We will travel together, my Bible. Let's sing it for the last time. I have a wonderful treasure. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God without measure. We will travel together. My Bible and I. See, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught from this Bible and my life will not be the same again. Amen. Wonderful. Well, today for a short time, I'm still sharing on total prosperity. Alright? And we've been looking at the secret of the tithe as a secret to prosperity. To prosper, God must give you a secret. Earning a salary has never made anybody prosper. Earning a salary is just giving you a foundation to survive in life. Your salary is designed in such a way that you will keep working all the time. Yeah, it's not designed to make you to become rich. Because when you become rich, you will not come to work. I mean, the way you are, you will not come to work. So they've designed it such that you will need to come to work. So that the salary will not cross beyond a month. You will come back next month. So when your boss pays you and you are smiling, he's saying, I will see you on Monday. I will see you on Monday. Do you see? But God's plan is for you to prosper. And as a pastor, I'm teaching you basic secrets to prosperity. And I'm teaching you a very important key that makes people prosper, which is the key of paying your tithe. And it's important that you learn it very young so that you have time enough To reap from paying your tithe. Many people do things that they don't have time to reap the reward. Bible says, in the morning, sow your seed. 
in the evening, withhold not your hand. For you don't know which one will bring forth fruit, whether that of the morning or that of the evening, or both. You see, so when you sow a seed, you have to wait for harvest time. Amen. So, some of these basic yet fundamental principles, it's important that we learn it now that we are young, so that we have time enough to eat of the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. So, I'm glad that many of you are young to learn it now. I've been paying my tithe, like I told you, since 1996. And it's not like I'm, I'm missing the years. 1996. 1996. I'm not trying to say 2006, but I seem to have overslept, so I forgot that. No, 1996. 22 years of paying tithe. Do you understand? Which is time enough to start reaping. I believe that I'm reaping from that now. You also reap from paying your tithe. Last week, I said to you that you must pay your tithe to prove to God that you are faithful. Amen. Amen. God wants to make his people rich. Yet he needs those riches to build his church. Therefore, he does not want to entrust the riches in the hands of unfaithful people. I mean, think about it. If you were God for a moment... And you had something which is special to you. And you needed to give it to somebody. You will find a faithful person to give it to. God also, being smarter than you, wants to give it to faithful people. So the Bible says, a faithful man who can find. So before God can bless us and make us rich, he wants to know if you are faithful. Many of you have people looking beautiful and nice in the church, but they are unfaithful. Totally unfaithful people. So God looks at them. God is not using smiles. Oh, your makeup was very nice. I mean, well made, well evenly laid out and well designed, you know, with a few lines in between with some camelic look, you know, depending on where the the sun is shining from and the look that you get. No, God looks beyond that. Oh, God beyond your prison worship. You come and shout, oh, yami, he's a my God said, yeah, keep on cocroing there. But that is not a sign of faithfulness. I will rather, I will test you specially. And uh, since we are talking about money, I will test you with money. Amen. Amen. So we read from Luke, Luke chapter 12, I think so. Luke chapter 16. We read 10 to 12, something of the sort. We said, he that is faithful with little, the same is faithful with much. So God first will test you. Would you be able to give your little? And I explained to you that your tithe is always little as compared to what you have left. So God will say, would she be able to give this? Let me test her with 100 rands. Can she give it? If, if you pass, God say, wow. Now let me test you with 1,000 rands. You give your tithe, God says, oh, you are doing better. Let me test you with 10,000 rands. You give, say, wow, let me test you with 100,000. Then it is going. That's how God is. There's no other way. That is how God is. So, will you be faithful with something little? 
Then he says, he that is, and if you have therefore been unfaithful with unrighteous mammon, who shall give you true riches? So God said, let me test you even with money, 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 money. So sometimes you are just walking around, then something, they say some grant, some loan, some student this, something broke down at the office, some technical error, then boom, you get some 55,000. Which you have not done nothing to receive. I mean, you are over the moon. Over the moon. Over the moon because 50,000 has landed in your account. Even your heart rate increases. Your heart used to beat boom, boom, boom. But now you have put a subwoofer in your chest. Now it's beating boom, 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 boom. Because of 50,000 or 55. But God is just watching. Will you be faithful? Many people, they will, not, they will rather take their friends out and go and blow 5,000 runs in the night yeah. without remembering that. Let's honor God. Let's come in. Look, this money, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, there was an accident. I mean, nothing happened to me. me it was what graced me. Even that part that was grazed. It's just some skin rash that was there already, but the police mistaking it as a grace from the accident. So, I mean, let me just take it. They will never come and say, God, this is your tithe. Never. But they will take their friends out. They'll go and buy a room divider to put in the house. You were sleeping on your nice bed, comfortably having good dreams. Now you say, no, I need to change my bed. I'm going to buy goma goma. Do you know goma goma? Your bed originally was from your uncle in the furniture business, Joshua Dole. But now, you want to sleep on goma goma. Meanwhile, it's a type of bed. You have not reached that level. That's why you don't know that it's a bed. I told you, if you have to ask the price. Goma goma, when they put it in the room, the room is full. Dr. Amla used to have a bed like that. <laughs> When they put it there, the whole room is full. Yeah. Then God sees that, oh, this one, unfaithful Nyan, we won't give him anything anymore. Then he says, if you have not been faithful with something that belongs to somebody else, who will give you your own? It's all a test. God is seeing. When you have things that belong to other people, are you faithful with it? God is testing you, Vera. God is testing you to just see. And by the way, the tithe is for God. So God gives you money. He says, will you be faithful? Then you take the tithe. You have gone to buy a shoe. And you are walking on your tithe. Walking on the streets of Deban. On your tithe. So we looked at that. That paying your tithe shows you faithful. Today... I want to tackle something else quickly in the next 20 minutes. Paying your tithe proves that you are not a thief. Paying your tithe proves to God that you are not a thief. Brajo, you understand? eh? Paying your tithe proves that you are not a thief. Hallelujah. Stealing is one thing all of us frown upon. I mean, we don't steal in. Somebody, this person is a thief. We don't want to really mix with them. 
we frown upon stealing. Everybody looks at it. Wow. Ooh. Hey. Mm, no. He's a thief. He's a thief. I mean, if we are going to get married and you have such a handsome brother, I mean, very nice guy, strong, everything. So, but he's a thief. You advise yourself that, hmm, pastor, he's tall, he's dark, he's handsome, but this is special quality. I can't stand it. He's a thief. Now, there are different types of thieves. They are pickpockets. They are arm robbers. They are people, I mean, I was being told now that they've started smash and grab around. May God deliver all of us from smashers and grabbers. You know, there are different types of thieves. They are opportunistic thieves. They are full-time thieves. Full-time thieves are people who go out. They steal for a living. I mean, they are they, they have license to steal. I mean, they are thieves. Then opportunistic thieves are, as we are here, if I put my phone here, that's why my phone is always with me. Two things I always keep close, my phone and my wife. <laughs> my children, fine, no problem. But my wife, eh? Because if you turn your head, by the time you come, you come back, somebody has taken your phone and has gone away. Do you get it? <laughs> oh, my children, I mean, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll make another one. <laughs> Please don't tell them. <laughs> Nowadays, they watch it on YouTube. So <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, there are people opportunity. As you are sitting by your neighbor, I mean, we are praying you are under the power. You close your eyes. You can open your eyes and something is missing. In your bag. No, yeah, type. I've gone to church. People have stolen my Bible before. No, no, they, those are spiritual thieves. <laughs> stolen my Bible. Now, there are also Christian thieves. Born again thieves. And I'm sure some of them are here today. I mean, as we go, I mean, you will see for yourself. We don't need to. I mean, you don't need to point out anybody. You will see for yourself. Born again thieves. People who are in church, but they are thieves. And and in any church, about 80% of them are thieves. Yeah. Bible believing, tongue speaking, playing the keyboard, singing in praise and worship, dancing in the church, taking pictures, saying amen whilst you are preaching. Yet they are thieves. And in every church, about 80% of the church fall under this category. I explained to you. That's number one. Point number two. Now, if you are a thief, I think it's important to know who you steal from. You know what I mean? As a thief. I mean, you steal generally. There are some people you don't want to steal from. You don't want to steal from from SARS. They will catch you. Eventually. After all, one of the things that SARS never makes a mistake, after all the corruption and everything, once you are taking the attacks, they will catch you. As for that one, they will catch you. Sometimes you steal from the government. But unfortunately, people are bold enough to steal from God. To steal from God. You know, Ephesians 4.28, Paul is speaking, he says, 
Let him, he's talking about when you become a Christian. And he says that, let him that stole steal no more. But let him labor. Let him work with his hands the thing that is good. That he may be able to give to him that needed. So Paul says, this type of, you are at home, you don't work, you don't do anything, it must stop. And if, if you, you, I mean, I've met a, a, a church member before. One day, let me tell you this story. One day, I went to Woolworth to get some stuff. Now, after I finished, just as I was about to step out, I met this girl who is in church. So I met her, I was chatting with her. Come and be my example. So this is the girl that I met. Okay? How are you? No, this is the girl. Okay? No, I don't mean this girl. I mean, this is the girl. So I met her at the shop. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Not this, this is an, oh, even before I got to know her. But I'm saying she's our example. So I met her with, how are you? How's your husband? We are happy, smiling. I said, are you going? Where are you going from? I said, oh, I'm going home. I said, oh, great. Then let me give you a lift. I mean, as you're a good pastor, church member. He said, okay. So we started to go out. As we went to the security checkpoint, the thing just beep, 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 beep. But, I mean, I didn't, I knew that I'm okay. So I continued walking. And I also knew that she's okay. So I thought, oh, let's go, let's go. It's, I'm sure it's one of those guys. Then the security people came. But they came to call us. I was like, and I, my mouth was ready to tell them off. So they brought us back, please. Then, so we went through. Beep, beep. They brought us back again. So I opened my mouth. Then they said, then I went through. Why? was shocked. So to cut a long story short, they took us both to their office. I mean, can you imagine oh, our accomplice? So they took us to the office. Then they started to question. I said, well, they said, how do I know? I said, I know her. I'm her pastor. I mean, I pastor her. Then they said, oh, but do you know that she has all these merchandise that has not yet been accounted for financially? I don't know. I just met her in the shop, you know. I said, oh. So, long story short, they went through the process. She had things from Faustini. She had things from Ed Guess. I mean, Wuwet was her final stop. And then from there, I don't know whether she had closed. Were you close for the day? <laughs> were you close for the day or because you met me, you decided to go home? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Sir. So I begged for her. I said, you know something? Look, I'm a very important man of God in this city. You know, if 
you arrest her. I mean, it's not I pleaded for her. Fortunately, I knew somebody who worked at that, who was in management. So we called the person. Oh, long story then. She managed to escape. They collected the, the goods from her and then she escaped. Sunday when I got to church, it was Friday. Sunday when I got to church, she was sitting there. Singing, hallelujah. Eh? So Paul said, naturally, we like to take things that don't belong to us. I mean, some time ago, a church member came to complain to me, what's the problem? Where I'm living, I want to move out. I said, why do you want to move out? He said, they are stealing my things. I said, have you seen anybody steal your anything? He said, look, pastor, I learned from a child how to use a piggy bank. You know a piggy bank? That container that you put coins in. So, as I have grown, that's my way of saving. Now, I don't save coins. I save real money. So, I have one in my room. Every time I come, 100 rands, I put it, 200 rands, I put it. And that's how come I've saved to buy so many of my things. I can have 4,000 inside that thing. Now, I went home. This is the second time it's happening. And the piggy bank has been open. And you know these things, you have to force them open. It's been forced open. And the money has gone down. Now, when they ask the people, one of them said, oh, I just borrowed money. I said, you don't borrow money from a piggy bank. Because the first thing is that the owner of the piggy bank doesn't know how much is there. So, if you took a thousand rands, he said, I took two hundred, how would he know? Number two, even if he knows how much is there, you don't borrow money without the notice of the owner. So, many of us have that default setting. And unfortunately, we bring it to God. I mean, if you want to steal from anybody, why God? But we bring it to God. We come to steal from God. And many people sitting in the church steal from God. Yeah, and usually when God confronts them, they have the same look that you have on your faces right now. So in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, the Bible says, Will a man rob God? Will a man have the audacity to rob God? Will a man be so stupid to rob God? That's the question. Will a man... the question God was asking. Will a man rob God? I mean, you can rob anybody, but to rob God. And it's like, are you okay? God. If American government can find Osama bin Laden, then how much more God? God can find you. So he asked the question, well, why, why would it even occur to somebody to rob God? So he said, will a man rob God? Then the answer comes, he says, yet ye say, wherein have we robbed you? That's, when, when God said, God, you, have, you have robbed me, he said, where, where? what do you mean we, we rob you? And that's how you know that stealing and lying goes together. Every thief is a liar. And every liar is a thief. I'm surprised that you didn't know. Every thief is a liar and every liar is a thief. They are are twin spirits. They go together. It's like a tag team. 
Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Yeah. Which, which other tag team is there? Tango and Cash. Busso Brothers, I don't even know them. Batman and Robin. It's like somebody and the psychic. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. They go together. Stealing? Lying. Because when you steal, after you have thiefed the thing, I said, after you have thiefed the thing, when we ask you, you have to say, I didn't take it. They go together. They go to, so when he said, will a man rob God? They said, yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? They asked, they were, they were challenging God. They said, God, show us evidence. Show us evidence. What, what was the evidence? What, what's, how, how can you even, I've come to church on a Sunday. Look at the way I'm well dressed on a Sunday. Usually I don't dress like this. Today I've dressed up. I've come to church and you say that I have robbed you. How? Show me evidence. How have I robbed you? Then he says, you have robbed me in two ways. In tithes and in offerings. This is how we rob God. That's why I said about 80% of the church are Christian thieves. Unfortunately. Tell your neighbor, minus me. You see, you can't even say it because that's how it is. That's what's up, oh? Yeah. He said, you have robbed me in two ways. These are the two ways Christians rob God or steal from God. Number one, in tithes. And number two, in offerings. I'll explain to you and then we close. He says, tithe. Pastor, how do we rob God in tithe? By not paying our tithe. To steal means to take something that doesn't belong to you. Leviticus 30, 27, all the tithe, 27, 30, all the tithe of the land is the Lord's and is holy. The tithe, it belongs to God. So when you spend it or when you use it, you have stolen the tithe. That's the first thing. You have stolen it. So many of us who do not pay our tithes fall under this first category. Tando, say amen. Yeah, you better say it in English. We are from God. Many of us are believing God. It's, 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 it's so funny. Because when you think about it, the thing that we are looking for is with God. Yet, what we need to give to God so that he can give that thing back to us, we don't want to release it to him. Yet, we are still looking for that thing. That's why we go round in circles. Round and round and round in circles. Sometimes you can look back in your life. Five years of spending your time. What have you achieved in your life? What has happened? Have you bought a car? And when I say, have you bought a car? It's not a car that you are still paying for. A car that belongs to you. Have you bought it? Have you built a house? Do you have any wild savings? So, it's like, yes, you are chopping the tide, but you are still at the same place. Still at the same place. Still at the same place. Nothing much has changed. No real gain. 
Oh, my money is not enough. It's still not enough anyway. After using it for five years, show me what it has done. After using it for a whole year, show me what it has done. Has it made you richer? Have you gotten more? Have you gotten something that he got to you you wouldn't have had? He says, that's the first thing you have robbed me in. Tithes. Then the second thing you have robbed me in is offerings. It's offerings. Hey, Pastor, but I thought you said that that's an offering. It's a free will gift that we are given to somebody. I mean, like I've given it to you freely. Yes. So if I don't give it, but there's nothing wrong. Yes. There's nothing wrong. But listen up. You know, this, this Friday I was invited to a birthday celebration. And during the day, you know, this Friday happened to be Black Friday, right? Good. So I was driving with my wife. My wife said, oh, we need to get a gift for the person who's doing the celebration. And I said, yeah, it's true. So she said, let's go and get the gift. And I said, I can't go to the mall on Black Friday. I mean, the whole mall is black and full. How do I go there on such a day? It's full. I saw, we saw videos of people there in the night. So I told her, I can't go. I said, you know something? We will go to the, the celebration empty-handed. And she said to me, no, 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 no. It's not nice that we go to such a person. We go to her celebration empty-handed. I said, no, we are not going empty-handed. What I want to get for her, I will want to take my time and get it. So let's go for the celebration and let's come. Then when the mall is quiet, we can go to the mall and get the person a proper gift. Do you know why we're doing all? And that, that's not the first celebration I've been invited. I've been invited. I'm, look, because I'm the pastor, I'm invited to so many things. Some I get to go, some I am not able to go. Some I go empty-handed. doesn't make any difference. My presence enough. My presence alone is enough. Do you see? But my wife's argument is that this person deserves a gift. This person. And it's true. A person deserves a gift. And we can't have the person's birthday without giving the person a gift. Do you get Last year, I paid for her birthday celebration because he deserves it. Now, when it comes to God, God deserves that offering. And when you don't give to somebody what the person deserves, it's robbery. God gives you air to breathe. I mean, imagine God decides that you know something, we are doing maintenance work in heaven. Maintenance. We are maintaining heaven a few, we are upgrading our system. System upgrade. So we will be offline. Software development. So we'll be offline for the next 10 minutes. Not, not long. Not, we are not like a municipality that we can be offline half of the year. No, no, no. Or home affairs. That we can be offline for nine months like having a baby. No, 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 no. Just 10 minutes. Heaven is going offline because we are doing a systems upgrade. 
Do you get it? So that you can even store air. And the main department we are upgrading is the air, that oxygen department. Okay. What's the, what's the symbol for oxygen? O2. Not O2H. O2. <laughs> Clap for Reverend David. He's a fantastic pastor, I tell you. So, in the O2 department, okay, now what we want to, we have to, we want to upgrade the O2 from O2 to O4 or O6, I don't know what it means. It means when you breathe once, it will have enough power for the next five minutes. You don't need to breathe again. Therefore, swimming will become easy for all of us. One of, and then they advertise some of the benefits you will get is you'll be able to store breath, you'll be, everybody will be able to swim. In case of an emergency, everything good. I mean, how many of you think it will be a good thing? Now, to do this upgrade, we are going offline. Even 10 is too much. Five minutes. So there will be limited or no oxygen supply on the earth for five minutes. Imagine the chaos that will happen. That's why God deserves it. That's why it's not good to come to church empty hand. Five things you should come to church with. Number one, you should come to church with a, a Bible. Number two, you should come with a notebook. Number three, you should come with a pen. If you have a tablet, it covers these first three. Number four, you should come with an offering. Always. And number five, you should come with a friend. These are the five basic things you must always come to church with. Number one is what? Bible. A book. A pen. Four. Four, four, and five is what? Yeah. So when you come, it's like you have gone to a, like, I mean, some of you, even when you go and eat at a restaurant, the waiter has been so nice to you, they ask you for a tip, then you frown, you bring your black face out. Then you frown. Look, nurses, waiters, never fight with them. Ever. EVA ever. They are bringing your food. I, I have actually personally interviewed somebody who's been a waiter. So when they go and the customers are nasty to them, they don't say anything. No. When they come to the kitchen, they are making your food. Chicken ribs, chicken wings, chicken wings, you. Then they come and serve it. Renilo, this is your chicken. So as you are eating the chicken wings and stretching your muscles, oh, the things they have put in it. No, I'm serious. Anywhere I eat at regularly, I try to make friends with a particular. Yeah, tip the person nicely. Because you don't know what they do to your food. Before it comes. So you have gone, the waiter is nice, done everything. Then they say, give a tip. Then you look at it, the tip. Who ordered tip? Gratuity. Then you ask your friend, what is gratuity? Hey. Sometimes they deserve it. God also deserves the offering. Because of the many things he has done for us. Many, many, 
things he has done for us. But when it's time to give it, you see, the church becomes very quiet. Nobody wants to give. We just want to collect. We just want to collect. So he says, ye are cursed with a curse. That's the next scripture. Put it up. He said, the reason why you shouldn't steal tithes and offerings from me is that it comes with a curse. He said, ye are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me. Even this whole nation. He says, it comes with a curse. And one group of people you should never bother to curse are thieves. The Bible has cursed them already. There are so many curses in the Bible for thieves. So when people steal, it's just activated. The curse is just activated. It's just there. So, so, ah, somebody stole my book. I'm going to curse the person. You are wasting energy. The Bible has already cursed the person. It's a, it comes with a curse. It comes with what? A curse. For all you know, the hardship in your family is because of this thing. And God is expecting you to break that hardship. You to break that hardship by avoiding the curse. He says, you are are cursed with a curse. It comes with a curse. That's how come you see people. I have seen people who earn little have built houses, and people who earn so much are still paying rent. They are still paying rent. It comes with a curse. It comes, next verse. Then he says, to avoid this curse, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now here with that. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing. That there may not be room enough to receive. It says, the only way to avert this case is to bring your tithes into the storehouse. Just bring your, just pay your tithe that this case will be lifted. What will happen when you pay your tithe? He says, I will open the windows of heaven. Blessings come from heaven. They don't come from anywhere else. He says, I will open the... So many people, many Christians, unfortunately are operating under a closed heaven. So the heaven is closed over your life. I mean, just naturally, you see a plant, without rain from heaven, it cannot grow. That's how your life is. God has to pour his blessing onto your life. Then you begin to flourish. So he says, if you bring your tithe, then I'll open the windows of heaven. Then these blessings will start to pour onto your life. Look, church of God, let us not run our lives in such a way that our efforts will yield nothing. Let us not. All the school will yield nothing. All the waking up early to go to work will yield nothing. All the effort you put in. And some of you have gone to school to study very difficult courses. I mean, if you study human resource management or something, and you come and then things are not working out, it's understandable. Because the course is not as difficult as if you were to have done chemistry or medicine or pharmacy or architecture. Yeah, or maths, pure maths. When you come out, you see that, yes, you have really sweated in this university. From, that's where when you pass in front of you, you hate the university. Because like, look, they've real, these guys really had me. 
and you see your friends who are also doing a degree course and they can chill and chill and chill and still pass. But you, just one night of chilling to, to make up, you need about seven sleepless nights to make up for just that one night. You miss, some of them can miss lectures, miss lectures and just have enough for attendance and still pass. You miss one lecture. Ah, that's summer school for you. Yeah. Summer school. And after all that, you see that it's not yielding much. Why? The heaven is closed. But you need to operate under it. I don't want to be a pastor of people who are operating under a closed heaven. I don't want I want to be a pastor of a church where the people are operating under a heaven that is open. That blessings are just pouring. Blessings are just pouring. Blessings are just pouring. Because there are no thieves in the church. Hallelujah. A time is going to come. You know, as for here, I think our time here is finished. Our time here is finished. Because I, I don't see us here beyond... February, March, no. We can't be here. We can't be here. I mean, we have filled this place over many times. If we want to get to where we want to get to, we have to move the church out of here. Yeah. So, the next thing we are looking for is a bigger meeting place. And eventually, our own church building. One of the problems we are going to have in the church is cars. Where to park the cars. Yeah, where to park the cars? Dedicate this car, dedicate this car, dedicate this car. Then we'll start having small, small domestic problems. When you were dedicating Sister Rose's car, your prayer was more powerful than when you were dedicating my car. Is it because her car is a Mercedes and mine is a Toyota? That's why you gave a different type of prayer. You gave a German prayer for this and you gave a Japanese prayer for my car. That will be the type of arguments we will be having. In the ch- and me, I don't know. Me, I really don't know. Because when I was going, when I remember, I remember very, very well when Braspiwe bought his car. It was Rev himself that came to do the dedication. But when I bought my car, he has sent Pastor Thomas to come and do the dedication. Now there's discrimination in the church. Instead of Rev himself coming to dedicate, meanwhile, that day, there are different cars. To be there. Uh, yes, I know that there are different cars. Why did Rev choose Zimasa's car to go and dedicate it instead of my car? That, I mean, this will be the arguments we'll be having in the church. And I'll be sitting back, I'll be like, I'll be laughing, I'll be so, I say, Oh God, it's a good problem. I, I like this problem. I really, really like this problem. They are arguing about how much you have blessed us. That's a good problem. That's the problem I want to face. Not a problem of we have been picking you to church since 2000. What's, this? What's the year we are in? 2018. Now it's 2025. We still have to pick you to church. No. God forbid. 2025. You should be saying that, Pastor, I, I have two spare cars in my house. Do you have young boys who can drive the cars? 
so that they can also pick up other people. I mean, I, I, no, they just you. Friday they can pick up the car. Sunday after church they can bring it. That's that's the argument. That's what I want to hear. Twenty twenty five, not. Uh, but the guy who came to pick me when he picked me wasn't smiling. <laughs> we are still after seven years. We are still picking you up. No. But may we get to the point where God has blessed us because we have decided to be no longer thieves. Paying your tithe proves to God that you are not a thief. And once you are not a thief, God can trust you with what he has. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer as we close. Lift your hands and pray for yourself shortly before we close that. God should help you to honor him with your tithe. Maybe today you fall in that 80% who are thieves. But you want to get out of that percentage. Lift your voice. Pray for yourself shortly. Pray for yourself shortly. Pray for yourself shortly. Lord, help me. Help me to be faithful. Help me to give you what is yours. To honor you. To get out of the group that is referred to as thieves. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Pray for yourself. No, to pay your tithe, God has to help you. Because when you look at your current situation, the things you have to do, when you still don't have enough to even meet your needs, yet God is asking for 10% of what you have. You have to be spiritual to honor God. You have to see beyond today to honor God with what is his. So pray and ask God, help me. Help me. Help me, oh God. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. Maso pale kosi payala. Kemalo pale sayaso pala. Rando lobos kepando kale pale sipala. Help us, Lord. Lord, I pray for everybody under. Lift up your hands, let us pray. Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Give us grace. Help us. Give us the strength. Give us the faith that it takes to honor you willingly and regularly, faithfully, oh God, to prove that we are not thieves, Lord, that you can trust us in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that grace over this church. I see a church that is blessed beyond this case. We thank and bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Say a louder, Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Farley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.